Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We have on stage a cross. Right here, here's a cross. Is it wrong to have that on stage? God says, don't make any out. No, that's not an idol. It's just a representation of what Jesus did for us. By the way, this is the correct cross. Some of you went to a church where there was a cross, but Jesus was hanging on the cross. That's the incorrect cross. He's alive today. He paid for your sin. He's not on the cross. But understand, if you worship the cross, if you bow down to the cross, that's wrong. People are visual and respond more fully to a viewable presentation than to words only. Thus, many religions have statues or pictures of their gods for their followers to worship. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about how this violates God's second law. You'll find out why it is that God didn't want the Israelites to make representations of himself. You'll see how God expects to be worshipped, and you'll be reminded of God's majesty and awesome power and why he alone should be worshipped. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We will be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, as he continues his message, Don't Make Idols. Remember, when Satan tempted Jesus, he wanted him to worship him. And Jesus said this to Satan, Satan, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So it's service. Turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. New Testament, Colossians, halfway through the New Testament. Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Look what it says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing songs, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, with what? Gratitude in your heart. So there's an attitude that's part of that. And here's the part. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Here's attitude again. Giving thanks to God, the Father, through Him. That is a picture. That is a picture of worship. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that the way you live? See, that's not on Sunday. That's every single day. Everything we say and everything we do represents God. That is worship. It's a lifestyle. 
Now, why would God warn us about not making or worshiping idols? Number two, idol worship is useless and foolish. It's useless and foolish. Let me read to you a lot of Isaiah 41. See, they are all foolish, speaking about idol worshipers, worthless things. All your idols are as empty as the wind. Let me give you some pictures because some of you see them, but you don't travel enough. You have to understand why I tried to say to you, you need to travel the world. The Great Commission's for the whole world. Let me give you some examples of idols around our world today. This is a picture from this last Tuesday morning while we're in Delhi. Somebody's decided this tree is a god. So they made it a god. By the way, in India, 33 million gods. So it's to be worshipped. Notice the flowers. Later, I'll show you in the service, somebody bowing down here. They're bringing money. They're coming to this tree. It's useless. Second, here's in Delhi again, pictures of these great worship buildings. There's a God right in front of you, this big pole. That's a God. Represents one of their gods. One of the 33 million, they'll worship it. That place will be packed with people as they bring their offerings and their food and their flowers. Next. Linda and I were in China a number of times. Been there about four times. And this is me on the steps. I'm getting to walk into this little teeny church. Now, what is the attraction of this church? This picture. The people in this town worship their ancestor. This is a great, 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 great grandfather. His picture's in the center. It would be right here. And that's who they bow down to and worship. They worship their ancestor. Next. If you've been to an oriental restaurant around here in town, you'll find a Buddha. Basically, Thailand, whatever, every place. People bow down, bring flowers, millions of statues of Buddhas all over the world. Somebody last night said to me, Pastor Mark, I go to an oriental restaurant. By the way, I do too. I love oriental food. And she says, I understand I don't bow down to that, but I heard if you rub Buddha's belly, it's Good luck. I said, keep your hands off his belly. Just keep your hands off his belly. (laughs) Forget the good luck stuff. Here's the next one. This is a picture of a monkey god in Delhi. Notice how tall that is? That's their monkey god. Monkeys are holy to those individuals. Next. Here I am in Delhi. I'm in a store. Do you see all of those things? Those are all gods. I can buy whatever God I want and take it home with me. Now, in a way, that's funny, but in another way, that's very sad. I can buy. I can buy a God. And I can put it in my home. And I can bow down to that God. But see, idol worship is useless and foolish. Turn with me to Psalms 115. Go down to verse 4. Notice how God will speak about these, well, useless and foolish idols. Verse 4, But their idols are silver and gold, made by the hands of men. Now notice this. They have mouths but cannot speak. 
Eyes, but they can't see. Ears, they can't hear. Noses, they can't smell. Hands, they can't feel. Feet, they can't walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Now think about this today. You have a God. It's a pagan idol. It can't teach. It can't see the problems of people. It can't hear or answer the prayers of the people. It can't give directions to the people. It can't get off its little statue and walk with you and be the shepherd and guide you. It has feet. It can't walk. And what is amazing to me, notice, it can't even utter a sound. You can't hear it speak. John in chapter 10 says, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. And you know one of the amazing things? In that verse it says, they have noses but they can't what? What is one of the amazing things that happens to idols all over? People bring what? Incense and flowers. And they can't smell. They're useless. It's so sad. You see, they're deceived. They're dead. Look at this statement G.K. Chesterton said. It's classic. When we cease to worship God... We do not worship nothing. We worship anything. Why is that? Because you and I are wired to worship. The young man that I told you about before, who's an atheist, devout atheist, who's he worshiping? He's worshiping his own intelligence, self. He's a fool. He has to worship something. Number three, idol worship always misrepresents God. Every nation except for Israel at the time of Israel was worshiping pagan gods. they just come from Egypt. They were going to Canaan. God knew that these people would look around at them and say the same thing. They wanted to get God and put God in a box. Let me use this illustration. See, people want to have a God that they can see. So with our limited understanding, we take the God who created the world, and it's impossible to understand, and we put him in a little box. There's my God. And I saw that every single day in India. There's my God. It's my idea of who God is. So what we do is we misrepresent God. God knew that people would want this Physical representation of a God. A God they could see, a little G, a God, in a box. But understand something. All through the Bible, God says this, I want you to worship by faith, not by sight. You know I'm your creator. I put that in you. So forget the image of who you think God is. Worship me by faith. You see, God cannot be worshipped as an object because God is spirit. Take a look at John 4.24. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God has never been this tangible, visible being. We're not to make him into an idol. We're not to try to picture who he is. Now, we have pictures of who Jesus is and all those kind of things. Whatever. Pictures are fine. Well, Pastor Mark, then, if we're not to make an idol, what about the cross that we have? Well, what about it? Do you worship it? If you worship it, it's wrong. We have on stage a cross. Right here. Here's a cross. 
Is it wrong to have that on stage? God says, don't make any idols. No, that's not an idol. It's just a representation of what Jesus did for us. By the way, this is the correct cross. Some of you went to a church where there was a cross, but Jesus was hanging on the cross. That's the incorrect cross. He's alive today. He paid for your sin. He's not on the cross. But understand, if you worship the cross, if you bow down to the cross, that's wrong. It's not a God. It's just a representation. By the way, do you think the early church in the book of Acts would have had a cross in their building? Not at all, because they were being put on the cross. By the way, Calvary Chapel is known not only for a cross, but for what else? Tell me. A dove. You see it on the outside of a What does a dove represent? It's the Holy Spirit. Now, is it wrong to have a dove? Well, no, it's not wrong to have a dove, unless I worship the dove. So there's a big difference between a representation and worship of that. Let me challenge you to grow a little bit in your faith. Once in a while, we change this stage. And the last time we changed it, the cross behind here wasn't as illuminated as much. Well-meaning people, rightly so, no problem, came to you and said, Pastor Mark, we've taken God out of the church. There's no cross that I can see on the stage. Whoa, careful. We've taken God out of the building because there's no cross on the stage? In most of the buildings of worship in the world, there is no cross. You mean God isn't there? No, God's a spirit. Relax. It's okay. Some of the Calvary people even come and say, where's your big dove? Well, the Holy Spirit's right in here. Relax. We're okay. Don't worship symbols. Ladies have a cross, perfectly fine. Don't worship it. All right. Is that clear? Is everybody okay? Okay. So you learned something. Number four. Idol worship is dangerous. If you miss everything I teach today, don't miss this. Idol worship is dangerous. Why? We become like what we worship. We become like what we worship. You're right there in Psalms 115. Look at verse 8. Speaking about idols, notice what it says. Those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. It's a spiritual truth, given fact, that we become like what we worship. You see, our moral standards are shaped by our little g gods. I know some of you are saying this. Pastor Mark, I'm glad you're back from India. Thank you for being here, and it's good that you're safe. Thanks for showing us this morning these idols of India and China and Thailand, whatever. But Pastor Mark, come on, get with it, would you? We don't make idols here in the United States. We certainly don't bow down. I don't have a Buddha in my home. I don't bow down to a Buddha. This is Old Testament stuff. What does any of this have to do with my life? Well, number one, it isn't Old Testament. Look at these two verses. This is New Testament. John writes in 1 John chapter 5, 21, Dear children, keep yourselves free from, what's the word? Tell me. Idols. This is not Old Testament. This is written in the New Testament. Look at Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. Therefore, Paul says, my dear friends, flee idolatry. Well, then there must be more to idols than just these pagan idols. If we're warned in the New Testament, if we're warned, then there must be idols that are less tangible and yet just as real. There must be things or people 
that could come into my life that would replace God. Oh, that's exactly right. How does that work? In the United States here, where we really don't do that, now remember what an idol is. Anything or anyone that takes the place of God in my life. Here's God. He's always to be first and exclusively worshipped. That's the beginning of the Ten Commandments. Let me read a statement to you. And you see if anything has crept in there and pushed God aside. Think. Anything. Any person. Let me read. What drives you? What is your master passion? What do you spend your time pursuing on a daily basis? Who or what gives you meaning and security in your life? What is the first thing you think of when you get up in the morning? What drives you for that day? Let me give you four or five today, and then I'll give you a whole quick list. Number one, idol. Family idol. Matthew 10 says this. If you love your father and mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. Families are very important. In fact, one of the Ten Commandments we'll get to, honor father and mom. New Testament is filled with about our children. So they're very important. But spouses, husbands, wives, children can't take the place of God. You know, in India, where I just came back from, many of the homes where I taught in the seminary there, those 600 kids, many of those kids in that seminary, when they chose to leave Hinduism and become Christians, they lost their family. They were kicked out of their home, never to see them again. See, they had to choose God, or family. We don't have that problem here, by and large. I mean, we still have some of that. Some of you, when you made that choice, your friends left you, your family still doesn't speak to you. See, you have to put God first. Let me give you another illustration. So, Pastor Mark, I don't have that trouble. Well, let's just take this great illustration. You're a young person, 20 to 30. You're dating another person. They're not a believer, but you are. You're thinking of getting married. Well, you're a believer. You obey God's things, his rules, his guidelines. This person is not a believer. Good person, but they don't obey God. They don't do things the way God does. Well, what does God say? Can two walk together unless they agree? So God says, you can't marry an unbeliever. But Pastor Mark, he or she's got everything I want. It's going to be good. So I'm going to choose them because I think they'll eventually become a believer. So you step out of God's will and you join him. What have you done? Who's become the idol in your life? Your boyfriend or your girlfriend? It's just as simple as that. That's not a little Buddha. It's somebody that replaces God. See, your marriage to you is more important than your relationship with God. It's a disaster. You made the idol. Same thing in our marriages. You're going to have to serve God. One of the spouses doesn't want to serve God after you get married. You still have to serve God. Don't dilute God. Number two, religious idol. 
Sounds strange, doesn't it? Religious idol. These people, Matthew 15 says, honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Do you know today in worship, we can walk into this building, we can raise hands, we can sing, in a little while we're going to kneel down, we can do all of those things, and none of it is from our heart. You're into religion. You're into religion big time. That's useless. God doesn't care about it. It isn't from our heart. Remember, it has to be a submission from our heart. Some people today all over the world are in church. And all week long, they're going to be doing good stuff. They're going to be doing all kinds of great deeds. They're going to work in committees. They're going to help the poor. All those things are very good. But they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They've substituted doing good things for a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a religious idol. I was in Publix on Friday and I was in line and this young man comes up behind me and says, Pastor Mike, I just want to talk to you. I won't bother you. I know people bother you. I won't bother you. I just want to. I said, relax. Just talk to me. I'm, I'm fine. It's okay. Talk. <laughs> and he says, I serve in Sebastian, but I do the parking lot here on Saturday night for the service. And I just love the church. We're so excited. Well, he's serving God. Is that a good thing? That's a great thing. How many of you are glad for the people who helped you park? Let me see that. All your campuses? Yeah. Already Vieira's having trouble parking in their new place. They're not even in the new building yet. And you know what it's like here. Let me just give you a little bit of encouragement. Say thanks to all those people. By the way, some of you, you're grouchy. Because sometimes they'll come to me and say, you know what, I'm almost, I'm going to give up. Because I tell people to park in this thing, and they go, I'm not parking in that thing, I'm parking over here. And then you walk through the door, praise the Lord. There's something wrong with this picture. If that was you, God just gotcha. Get your heart right, would you? All right, enough of that. Let's go back to what we're talking about. Number three. By the way, if you're a pastor, if you're an elder... If you're very involved in this church, this church can become your idol. It's very dangerous for me because of all the things and all the pastors here, all the things we do, that this church comes before God. I have to watch it. I have to be very careful. Let me just tell you the order in my life that I strive toward. Of course, I'm not perfect. God first in my life. My wife is second. My kids third. In this church fourth. Did you know you're fourth in my life? Pastor Mark, I want to be first. No, you're not God. (laughs) By the way, my wife was here last night when I said that. My wife comes before you. Is that a good thing? That's a great thing. It was worth a lot on Valentine's Day. It was worth a lot. It was worth a lot. All right, good. All right. Here's the next title. Stuff or your business. 1 John 2.15 says this, Do not love this world, nor love the things it offers. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark told you how Jesus answered Satan when Satan tried to get Jesus to worship him. You learned that that's how you should react whenever you're tempted to worship anything beside the true God. You learned that worship is not ritual, it's a lifestyle. And Pastor Mark gave you some ideas of how that worship is displayed in your life. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. The next teaching, we'll see Pastor Mark wrap up his message, Don't Make Idols. You'll hear more about avoiding idols, including things that in themselves can be good things. Pastor Mark will be talking about the price you might have to pay if you choose God over false gods. You'll be reminded that the cost is worth it because God is. He's worthy of it. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, 10 Living Words. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.